Okay, we're back. <laughs> yeah, you did not tell me we were drinking today. So I had to... It was a last minute decision. Run down and go grab one. And I know I told you I was going to be making dinner, but I did not have time because I thought of another scene I wanted to rewatch. So <laughs> now I'm drinking on an empty stomach for this episode. The cider is your dinner. It is. Hey, it's got carbs. But maybe we'll get a funny Leah. Am I not already funny? You are, but I feel like when you drink, it really kicks it up a notch. Um, anything you want to say before we get started? I feel like we're going to bring a different kind of energy to this summary episode compared to Yakuza summary episode. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's less summarizing and more trying to figure out what the hell is going on. So mm -hmm. it's going to be different. It's a lot more theorizing. Yeah, but I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what we agreed on, what we didn't see, what that the other person saw. We didn't talk before this. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Should we start with our first one? Well, yeah, I guess before the theories, we have our, our burning questions from throughout this game. The first one was when we noticed Snow pick up an envelope when she and Bigby are at Lawrence's apartment. And even though I've seen this three times by the time we got to rewatching it for the summary episode. This is the first time I saw it in a different light. Okay. And this time I wonder if she was just looking at all the piled up mail that had been delivered to his apartment because he's been almost dead this whole time. Mm-hmm. So it may just be as simple as that. But at the same time, I took note of what it looks like. It's, it has red sealing wax on it, which leads us to burning question number two. What is in the envelope that Big Beef takes from Toad's apartment. That envelope also has red sealing wax. So my first question is, did they just design one envelope and it's just a coincidence? Snow is just looking at the piled up mail. Or did she maybe take it and put it there? <laughs> like, does she know something? Now that you point that out, my thought was it was either a letter to and from each other, like one's a response letter and one is the initial letter. But if it's both sealed, I almost think it's from the same sender. Well, I looked at a playthrough when someone read it. Do you want me to tell you what's in it? Yes, please. You're going to be blown away by this. Are you ready? Okay. It says... Wait, hold on. Before before I, I we go there, I did want to say, I was thinking it would be a letter about Lawrence or Faith, or I guess Lawrence to Faith saying like, hey, I'm going to like suicide. I'm going to kill myself. Take the insurance money and make a new life for yourself. So that was my theory. Okay. It's it's crazy. Are you ready for it? Yes. It says, I'm sorry, Faith. That's all it Wait. says. Do we know who it's addressed to? It was addressed to Lawrence. The one they read is okay. to Lawrence. They find it in the donkey skin coat. What do you think she's apologizing about? That's what Snow asks in that playthrough. And that's my question as well. I cannot describe my disappointment. At discovering this letter contained two words. I was thinking it would be something more profound. Right? So I guess we really didn't miss much. Yeah. Burning question number three is just, what the is up with Bluebeard? So I found a couple places. Wait, hold on. Sorry. I just thought of something. A <laughs> new theory. Hold on. I need to type this up. Do it. Do it. Do it. I just thought of something. Typing break. Note taking break. 
Kathy looks intense. Okay, this is now going to be point one. Uh, it's going to be point She's four. She's reorganizing her notes. <laughs> oh, the focus. The focus. <laughs> you probably already thought of this one, but I'm just still writing it down. That's perfect. Okay, I got my note. <laughs> I It's very shallow, but I need us to bounce off of this. So, we'll do it, we'll okay, do it, I'm going to we'll leave it. it there. All right, so are we ready for burning question number three? Mm hmm what the yes. is up with Bluebeard? I felt like we missed something by not knowing what Bluebeard burnt. And here is the evidence that Bigby finds if he goes to Crane's apartment first. A bookcase featuring math, science, history books on the top shelf. And then some books such as the Kama Sutra and others titled The Sensual Man and The Joy of Lovemaking. As well as one called Taming Your Goblins. Hmm. So that's it's <laughs> creepy with Crane, like knowing what he fantasizes with Snow White and then seeing that it's yeah disturbing. It's, a it's major uncomfortable. It's a bod crane moment that we've stumbled upon here. And Pigby also finds a wine cabinet full of those same blue bottles of wine. He even comments same brand as the hotel. And then on Crane's answering machine. We hear a message from what I am almost certain sounds like Bloody Mary, and she's essentially asking Crane to pay the crooked man by Friday. Bigby then finds an envelope with cash as well as a note to the crooked man saying, This is all I could get. I'm afraid Snow will start to notice. So this is evidence of embezzlement that we hear referenced later on. There's also an unsent love letter to Snow that definitely verges on the creepy side. I don't know if you want to listen to the audio for that. Bigby reads it out loud. Oh, yes. My dearest Snow, I know you must be aware of my feelings towards you. Watching you work, if I'm unable to control myself, it's because I love you. <sighs> Ugh. Gross. Right? Bigby and, Bigby and our reaction to the scene was like, ugh. I love how disgusted and disturbed Bigby is there. It's, yeah, it's disturbing. It's gross. Yeah. And how is, like, loving someone, how does that even justify that? There's, okay, there's so many issues wrong. We're not going down that path. No. I mean, bottom line, love absolutely includes being able to control yourself <laughs> for a person. Mm-hmm. So don't be like Ichabod Crane. It's creepy. Yes. Bigby then runs into Jack. He's robbing Crane because he heard that Crane would be leaving town. And that's pretty much all you find in Crane's apartment. Mm. So what do we think Bluebeard was burning, covering up? My theory is that Bluebeard probably did something wrong and Crane probably has evidence of that. So he's trying to burn everything or possibly even kill Crane he probably has not just one or two, but I think he has a lot of skeletons in his closet. I agree. And my first thought was, is he somehow involved with the embezzlement? Because, I mean, I know Crane was giving that money to the crooked man, but maybe like Bluebeard caught him and that's why he hasn't been able to mm -hmm. give as much money. He's like blackmailing Crane, taking some of the money so that he can't pay the crooked man back and in return isn't mm -hmm. telling Snow. So that's my thought, but I don't think we get a straightforward answer. Well, anything else you want to say about our burning questions, or should we move on to uh, our second topic? I say we move on to our second topic. 
So our second topic is just really diving into that ending. So we talked about it in the last episode, but at the very end of the game, we mentioned that Narissa says, you're not as bad as everyone says you are. And this sparks some memories for Bigby of things other fables have said to him throughout the game. And we were going to like list these off one by one and give a reminder of who said them and when. But that sort of led to a theory for me. And it sounds mm-hmm. like maybe yours is kind of similar as well. And it sounds like you list the quotes. So I think we're just going to kind of do this one together. Yes. We'll have you start and then I'll jump in wherever necessary. So the moment when she goes, you're not as bad as everyone says you are. The music cues and it starts to do the whole deja vu kind of music that we get. And the first one is... Someone says, I need to tell you something. And another voice goes, I have to tell you something. And my theory is if you look at the color of the captions, there are different colors. If you kind of go back a few seconds, you notice Narissa's lines are in a green color. Mm-hmm. And we see someone else. And I, I don't know whose voice is the first one. I need to tell you something. So I looked at every quote and I know who says what when. Okay. And I don't know if I should say it now or let you run through yours and then... Okay, so I'll continue mine then. So the first one is, I need to tell you something and then I have to tell you something. And then these two... I should say, I think it's the same person because my theory is that those two females are the same person before they move to Fable Town. Like something in their past connects those two gals together. Okay. That's my theory. We're close. Okay. So I took a little bit deeper look at the quotes themselves Mm -hmm. i looked at who said it and when so i was just going to list that information off so that we're all on the same page Mm -hmm. but as i was doing that i started to notice a pattern so my first theory is the quote order so the first quote we hear it is faith and she says i need to tell you something immediately Mm -hmm. after we hear narissa say i have to tell you something These two quotes back to back. This is clue number one. Next quote is Big B talking to Faith, saying, I feel like we've met before. Followed by Narissa saying, you're trying to place me when Big B first meets her. This is clue number two. These both convey that Big B feels like he knows her. Her being Faith in the first quote, but Narissa in the second. Next section of quotes is Faith saying, do you like my ribbon? Followed by Narissa saying, do you like it? Which happens right before Bigby's quote, which is the next one we hear. Faith wore one too. So this is clue number three. Again, we see near identical quotes back to back from Faith and Narissa. But this time we get a follow-up from Bigby directly pointing out their connection. Next section of quotes, we hear Buffkin say, would hide her beauty so she could escape his kingdom. This is followed by a quote from Narissa saying, they used to call me the Little Mermaid. The next quote is Bigby saying, did Dr. Swinehart ever get back to you about Faith? Which he says to Snow during Lily's autopsy. Snow responds, and this is the next quote we hear. He said he wanted to run more tests. This is clue number four. Buffkin's quote reminds us that Faith, or donkey skin, is essentially a practiced escapee and that she can hide her true face. 
We then hear Nerissa saying, they used to call me the Little Mermaid, perhaps indicating that though she looks like her, she's not actually the Little Mermaid. Bigby's quote asking Snow if Dr. Swinehart ever got back to her, to which she responds, no, he wanted to run more tests, indicates that there was something unusual with Faith's body. Also, notice that Faith is missing in this segment of quotes. Yes, she did not have a quote in my second section, but Bigby's I feel like we've met before was said directly to Faith. So she's still involved in that quote. But this is the first chunk of quotes where Faith's voice is not heard at all, nor were any of the quotes said to her. It's a subtle detail, but this game drops a lot of subtle details, you know, like the huff and puffs and the wine. So I'm going to run with this. I think it's purposeful, and I think it's an indication that Faith is no longer around, but not only that, she's actually now portraying herself as Nerissa, and that it ends with two final quotes. This time, Nerissa starts, and she says, I hope you find what you're looking for. And it's followed by Faith saying, I'll see you around, Wolf. We end again with back-to-back -back quotes from Nerissa and Faith. Only this time, Nerissa speaks first. Throughout this entire sequence, every time we hear Faith's voice, it's then followed directly by Nerissa's, except right here when Nerissa speaks first. So maybe this is another indication that Nerissa is now the primary identity for Faith. So I noticed this pattern of like groups and chunks in the quotes of who said it. I don't know how easy that was to follow. I get it. But is it Faith is now Nerissa or Nerissa is now Faith? And it's really because do you think Nerissa is the one that caused Faith's death? Like if she didn't tell Georgie, would Georgie have gathered everyone around and then killed Faith? If Nerissa wanted to become Faith, that's really easy as you manipulate Georgie into killing Faith because she is the mastermind. I believe it's Faith portraying Nerissa because if you section out the quotes, there's a first two that match, there's a second mm -hmm. two. They're all grouped like that. And in each one, Faith talks first, except for that final quote where Nerissa talks first. So Nerissa is essentially repeating what Faith said. And how would she know what Faith said unless it was Faith? Mm -hmm. Additionally, I did some research into the original donkey skin fairy tale, but I'm just going to give you the highlights as they pertain to our conversation, which is she gets the attention of the prince by dropping her ring into the cake that he requested she bake. And it makes sense that Faith is the one that would have left her lookalike head with the ring in the mouth, as this is a very similar thing to her leaving the ring for the prince to find. And that's another reason why I think at that point, Faith is disguised as Nerissa. But this leads me to a lot of follow-up questions. Number one, whose head is that? There's a lot of heads and bodies floating around. I feel like I just had more questions. Then where is the body? And how did Faith become in possession of Nerissa's body? Like, you know, where's the original Nerissa pre-Faith becoming her? Yes. So I have a whole section of notes called Questions These Theories Bring Up. And my first note on that is when Bigby goes to that Shepherd Metalworks building and we see all the pictures of characters we know on that bulletin board, one of the pictures is of Nerissa and Faith together. 
So to me, that proves they're both real people. They both existed mm -hmm. simultaneously. If Faith turns into Nerissa, where's Nerissa? So theory one, she escaped. Other possibility is the head that we see that looks like Faith is really Nerissa. And maybe Faith just killed her as a way to ensure her own safety. It's a bit darker. My thoughts would have been opposite of yours is that Nerissa was too much of Faith and so Nerissa killed Faith. So that's the other option. So that really is Faith's head. And so here's here's one question for you. So we what we hear from Nerissa in this scene is that all three of them, Faith, Nerissa, Lily, were planning to escape and Faith stole the picture of Lily and Crane to have leverage over Crane, the crooked man. And this is when Nerissa, in quotes, whoever's talking to Bigby right now, says they confessed to Georgie, which is what ultimately led in Faith's death. So if we're believing that Nerissa is really Faith in disguise, someone glamoured to look like Faith was killed by Georgie. Well, here's the thing. When you glamour someone... How does the ribbon situation work? I don't know if the curse follows a glamour. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Is that say that it's a normal citizen in Fable Town and they got glamoured as Faith. They didn't have that ribbon associated. So how can you kill them by untangling the ribbon? That's a good point. And so then that makes you wonder, was it Nerissa? Huh. Here's another thing that helps clarify that point you just made or solidify that point you just made. When they find Lily's body... She is glamoured to look like snow, but she was murdered in the same fashion as Faith's body double, we'll call it, because her head is cut off in that same manner. So we know the ribbon's power still works when you're under glamour. The ribbon is associated with Lily. She's just pretending to be snow. It doesn't break her free, but is the reverse true? If you were like snow and you got glamoured as Lily with a ribbon, the curse isn't associated with snow, like the original being. So, I think we agree that if someone was glamoured to look like Faith, she could not have been killed in that same manner. Which leads me to believe whoever was killed was another put-in-pie girl, potentially Nerissa. Mm-hmm. Because where is she? <laughs> well, why would Nerissa willingly become glamoured? That's a good question. I think I... I'm going to get into my second theory, which might aid in some of our questions and some of our conversations. Okay. So, I noticed, having seen this game a couple times, I noticed in this, this moment Bigby has where he's hearing all of these quotes and all of them are so similar to each other, there are two sets of matching quotes that are missing from Bigby's thoughts. And they seem like major oversights for a detective, but here they are. So, this is theory number two. Matching quotes missing from Bigby's thoughts. The first pair is Faith saying, I'll see you around, Wolf, with a little two-finger wave. And the second quote we hear is Bloody Mary saying, see you around, with a two-finger wave. We also have a second pair of quotes, Nurse saying, you're not as bad as everyone says you are. And Faith saying the exact same thing. So we have two matching quotes that show Faith saying the exact same thing and even the same body language 
as Nerissa, and as Bloody Mary. Which leads me to a huge question, which is... Flip the page for dramatic effect, but also because that's where my notes fall. Are Faith and Bloody Mary in some way connected as well? Has Faith perhaps portrayed herself as Bloody Mary? I wouldn't be surprised, but then to go all out and try to kill Bigby doesn't really sound like it's Faith. Exactly. So let me, I <laughs> went back and I watched every scene with Faith and every scene with Bloody Mary. So here are some theories for you. Number one, we know Bloody Mary can multiply. When Faith disguises herself as someone, can she take on that fable's power as well? And that is sort of a big question because if the answer is yes, she could have a reason for portraying herself as Bloody Mary, which would be to make body doubles, such as one for herself, and that is who we find at the doorstep. Or is Faith saying to Bigby, see around? Was this just another hint? Faith may know from spending time around Bloody Mary because, you know, she's under the crooked man's thumb. She might know that that's something Bloody Mary says. We also hear, you haven't heard this, but we also hear Bloody Mary say, see ya, nothing more, just see ya, in the message at Crane's apartment, where it seems highly likely that Faith was at some point because we find a note in the Puddin' and Pie that says, Faith, thanks for covering for me tonight. Let's talk before you go over to the apartment. And it's signed Lily. And then we also have that when Bigby's really hurt, he has sort of like that fever dream or that vision where Bloody Mary's in his apartment and she again says, see around. So we hear her say, see ya in some variety three times in this game. Does she know this is something Bloody Mary says and she just drops this hint to Bigby? Those are my two theories at the moment for why they could be connected or why Faith might portray herself as Bloody Mary. I would think so, but is Bloody Mary the only one that has powers in Fabletown? Not necessarily powers, but the ability to multiply. Um, but mm -hmm. she's also very involved in the situation, which might be a reason why Faith was sort of hinting to her. But also, that board with all the pictures in the Metalworks building, there's a picture of the first scene in the game when Faith is whispering in Bigby's ear. So someone was watching them, potentially Bloody Mary. I agree. I I do think you're right about them all connecting. I just don't understand why. Like, that's that's my thing. Is that why fake your death and why become Nerissa and why try to take Bloody Mary? Like, okay, I get that part. But why would you need to do this or want to do this? Like, why would Faith try to fake her own death and then take Nerissa's body? Um, to help Nerissa escape. Well, wouldn't have been just been easier if they just used Faith's evidence that they found against the Crookedman? What evidence? Didn't they say that Faith found evidence against the Crookedman? It was, I think it's just the, the picture of Lillian Crane. So that's not really evidence okay. against the Crookedman, it's just leverage against okay. someone that works for him. So I think it was supposed to sort of be blackmail to help them escape. But then at that point, Crane knew who took it, I think, because Faith was pretending to be Lily, glamoured as snow, in his apartment. And that's likely when she took it. And so he knew who took it, 
and sent the Tweedles after her. So now everyone knows she took this picture. Now she's on a hit list, essentially. I think that's more feasible than what we've come up with so far. Yeah. By the end of this, maybe we'll have a, a running cohesive theory for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have a, a potential theory for you. <laughs> a more, like, cohesive, whole story, includes everything <laughs> theory for you. I don't know if it's good or not, because I have not read it out loud. <laughs> okay. But here we go. Was Faith going to Bigby? And getting his attention was that her her way to escape i think she gets caught talking to bigby in a way that they don't like because they know it's going to bring him down on them so i think that they see her doing this they take that picture which is proof of this and this could be why she then becomes nerissa she makes a disguise a fake faith so that they don't kill her and then she's able to hide as nerissa I think that happens. The only question is, I don't know why. Well, my question is, why couldn't Faith have just run away and let Nerissa finish everything off? Why did Faith need to go the extra mile of pretending to fake her own death and then take possession of Nerissa so Nerissa can run away and Faith can finish things off? Like, if they're a team, just let Nerissa finish it off. Don't, like, kill off some innocent person just so you can run away. Or just so you can pretend to be someone else. Um... It's a good question, and my, my immediate answer that jumps into my brain is just that she has the ability to fake her death, so that's the plan they go with. Mm-hmm. Because what can Nerissa do, turn into a mermaid? Yeah. You know, is that it? Sing! But maybe their, their bigger plan is to take down the Crooked Man altogether, free all the other mm -hmm. Puddin' and Pie girls and everyone else under his thumb, and getting Bigby's attention is the only way to do that. So far, that sounds the most reasonable one. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> the only thing is the Bloody mm -hmm. Mary connection. And I want to lean towards that being just a hint, but the only reason that I just feel like there's something more to it is because of just, like, the two-finger wave. Because no one else does that. You can repeat anyone you want, but body language is kind of just, like, muscle memory. It's second language. It takes longer to learn and to mimic. What if they were friends raised together in pre-Fable Town? If they're like siblings or like best friends or something, that's why they both know how to do that hand gesture. I don't know if we have an answer and I don't know if, if there's any missing dialogue or missing clues that would help clarify this. I didn't want to Google anything because I wanted this conversation mm -hmm. to be organic. But I think we're ready for Googling. I forgot to mention this, I forgot to write this down, but the whole theory of Faith portraying Bloody Mary in this moment, there's one issue with it, and it's a big one. Immediately, let me show you this clip, and uh, you know, I'll just see if you spot it, if you pick up on it. I probably won't, don't get your hopes up. Here we go, you ready? Yes. Wait, so... Nerissa's there. If they're the same person, how can that be? Right? I don't think Faith is Bloody Mary. I think they grew up together or they're close to each other, that they have similar body language. I don't think they're the same person. Because how can you bounce between bodies of Nursa and Bloody Mary? Let me do a quick Google search. Okay. Okay. So here's a good comment on the Telltale community 
website. This person, small good tiger. Um, there's a whole conversation about are they the same person, and they say, or at least she pretended to be Faith in your first encounter with her. And they make a good point mm -hmm. that the next episode is called Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, and then they say more like bitch in donkey skin. <laughs> and then it says she was only with the woodsman in the first episode to get the axe, which is enchanted. Good point. The beheaded victims all have cuts that appear to be caused by magic or something sharp, and considering the fact that she can teleport between mirrors, that makes for an easy escape from the open arms hotel when she killed Lily. So they're saying it's not the magic, which I don't know if I agree with, but the first point I want to make is, yes, Bloody Mary can bounce around between mirrors. So she could have been in a car mirror in this moment. I do think she snatched the axe. I don't know how much I lean into that theory. I don't agree with all of what they said, but I, mm -hmm. I think she did take the axe in that moment. And that was something I tried to see. I went mm -hmm. back and I watched that scene and tried to see. Because he, he pulls the axe out of the woodsman's head mm -hmm. and leaves it on the sidewalk. But we don't get another good look at the sidewalk to see if it's gone or not. But that is something that I was questioning because later at the pawn shop, we see the woodsman saying, I didn't bring my axe here. Give it back. It was stolen. So we can't surmise mm -hmm. that it was taken in that first scene. So whoever was in possession of the axe after smashing the woodsman's head, what made them give up the axe to the pawn shop? So did Bloody Mary teleport in through like a side mirror or a rear view mirror, grab the axe and leave? And we know she works out of the pawn shop, so she brings it there. I mean, it could be... I think we need some more evidence to really be able to get comfortable with that theory. Yeah. I feel like there's nothing to say it isn't, but there also isn't enough to be like, yeah, that's it. Um, anything else you want to say before I read this Reddit post? Nope, that's, that's it. Let me just figure out where to start reading. Okay. I don't think they're right. Okay. <laughs> when they start off by saying, Faith is actually Bloody Mary, but she does not disguise herself with glamour. Instead, she uses makeup and her facial expression is more gentle. <laughs> Immediate no. <laughs> I'm going to look at the Book of Fables entries to see if we can get any hints. Ugh, there's so many pop-ups. Uh, oh my gosh, I already have a Chase credit card. Leave me alone. I found it. Here we go. Book of Fables entry for Bloody Mary. The true history of the person known as Bloody Mary is almost completely unknown, even to the fables most acquainted with its members. Her name, Mary at least, is not up for contention, nor is her penchant for shocking violence, an inlaid resistance to magic and spells, and a strange ability to use any reflective surface as a portal, effectively shortcutting space and time. Thought by Mundy's to be the wailing apparition of a childless ghost, though any evidence of that is as yet unseen. So she's resistant to magic and spells. Which we can tell when they ask the mirror. Yeah. So we still don't have the link we need. I'm leaning more towards that she's just leaving hints for baby. Or oh, it could be that if Bloody Mary was watching that first scene when she swoops in and steals the axe... I, I do think that that happened. I think there's a very strong chance she was watching that whole thing. She might have said that to Bigby just to mess with him, just sort of mocking his encounter with Faith. 
I don't think so. Tell me why. But it's like there's no need to do so. Like, I'm assuming that everyone does something for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I don't see what the reason is for that. I think it could be, as far as Bloody Mary knows, they killed Faith. So I see it. And again, I just had this thought. So not super Mm -hmm. developed. But I think it could be just a mocking to Big B. It's like, you might still be alive. But look what we did. We killed Faith. We killed this girl you were trying to help. Because just before that, she tells Snow... Between you and me, Crane ain't no killer. So is that just a hint to Bigby? Hey, it wasn't Crane. It was us. Maybe. I don't see why it wouldn't be that. <laughs> At this point, that's where we yeah, are. Yeah, I, I feel like we're just doing process of elimination right now. Mm-hmm. Do, so does that mean that Bloody Mary was in on it with Faith and Nerissa? No, no, no. Okay. I feel like I, I have a theory now that I think this is what happened again. I have no reason to believe that this is true, but this is my theory. At the beginning of the game, Bigby meets Faith. This is Faith. Bloody Mary is watching from a car mirror. She sees this conversation. She knows Faith was on her way to go see Bigby at his apartment and try to tell him what's going on. She takes the axe because it's helpful to kill Bigby. Faith leaves. And I think she might know she was compromised based on what Nerissa says at the end of the game. They had already stolen this picture of Crane, which would be why Bloody Mary was stalking her and watching her and was here in this moment. So she knows, I need to disguise myself. She disguises herself. Someone ends up dead. Could be Nerissa. Faith is now disguised as Nerissa for the rest of the game. Bloody Mary believes that Georgie killed Faith. She believes Faith is dead and Nerissa is just Nerissa. So when she attacks Bigby and Snow and Crane in this alleyway and she says Crane's not a killer and she mimics Faith, I think that's a hint. It wasn't Crane. It was us. But good luck catching us. You're already almost dead. Look how easy this was for us. She has no reason to not sort of give that hint because right now they're at a huge advantage. Faith is able to swoop in as nurse at the end of the game to give that fake testimony, that lie that convicts the crooked man. And then she confesses to Bigby, gives him that hint by saying, you're not as bad as everyone says you are. And that's when he figures everything out. Does Bigby figure things out though? I don't know, because he runs after her. I think he had a follow-up yeah. questions. Probably a lot of the same ones that we have. Yes. But that's my theory. I'm sticking to it. I think I, I, I'd agree with that one. I can't think of any other theories. And that one is so comprehensive. I, I agree with it you. It covers everything, right? Right? Yeah, it does. Only took us an hour to get there. <laughs> an hour and 22 minutes, verging on 23. If anyone wants to tell me I'm wrong... Email us. We don't have social media yet. Maybe we'll, by the time this is out, we record like two <laughs> months in advance. Um, but we will for sure have email, which we'll put in the description. Please email us. We got to this one together. We did. I think we got here together because your questions, like, I was like, you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. I am the devil's advocate. And then there was that one person, whatever, Tiger, thank you, sir. Your one mention of Bloody Mary watching and stealing the axe. That was the missing link. 
So thank you. I'm sorry I closed the tab. I don't remember your name, but I know it ended with Tiger. Small Tiger? I think we should take this energy into our next segment, which is going to be mm -hmm. a new summary segment. It's called KFC. Not after the chicken or the man with the weird tie and the white hair. It stands <laughs> for... Do you want to tell us? Mm -hmm. Kathy's favorite character. Here we go. I have two favorite characters, but one slightly is more than the other one. And I'll start with the second one. TJ is my close second to Junior. And it's really just because of how cute he is. It's his innocence, his willingness to help. His view on the city and of everyone hasn't been tainted by the harsh reality of what actually is going on. He still has that childlike innocence. And I don't know if we know if he was born in Fable Town, but I do think the reason why he's so sweet is because he wasn't experiencing what other people were experiencing in the homeland. He doesn't know everyone's past. It's like a clean slate for him. He's also like one of the few people who really respects others. Like the way he is with Bigby and the way he wanted to give that insect to Snow. It just, he's well, so sweet. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, just the fact that he even remembered that she said that one was pretty. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, because of those reasons, he's my He's my second favorite, but my very first one I knew is... I he'd be on the list. I knew. Yeah, drumroll, it's Colin. 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 <laughs> yes. Colin, who's not bacon. <laughs> but it maybe is eating pork fried rice. Yeah, cannibalism. Um, <laughs> no, I, I do like him. And the main reason is that he keeps it real for Bigby. Whether it's to speak up for him, be there for him, or just like even be okay knowing that Bigby's not going to kick him out, even when it's a grouchy Bigby, not your normal Bigby. And there's like a mutual understanding between those two. And we get to see that in the very end when he winks at Bigby in the elevator area. I still can't believe we missed that. I'm choking. <laughs> <laughs> Don't die. We should drink every week. We we should. I feel like we're we're unleashing things. I know, and I don't really drink anymore. That's why it's so effective. That is true. Carry on, milady. Yes. And really, your first impression of him when Bigby goes home and just sees a pig on the couch. That is quite the introduction. It's just it's hilarious. He's just like lazing around. But there's also a lot of mystery surrounding Colin. Like, I went back to the very first interaction with them. And when Baby hands him a smoke, Colin goes, Thanks, a couple thousand more of these will be even on that house you owe me. And this is what Colin says. The house didn't blow itself down, Big B. And he also says that a drink will help ease some of the pain that Big B caused. And is that the reason why Baby is working so hard to make sure Colin doesn't go to the farm? Because... He feels guilty of previously ruining his house and he doesn't want to be mm -hmm. doing that again for the second time. Yeah, I think probably this relationship started with Colin just just being, you know, classic Colin. We've seen his attitude. He's probably pissed and he's like, you owe me. And then he just kept trying to milk it and get as much out of Bigby as he could. And I think mm -hmm. just after long enough, they actually became friends 
but maybe they just don't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. And how he pretty much can see through Bigby's attitude. But I think because of that, he is the KFC. KFC. He has been crowned. Although we're going to do a, a season wrap-up episode. And I think we're going to have, what is it, the extra crispy if we can run with this KFC theme. Please don't sue us. It stands for Kathy's favorite character. But we are using some lingo, okay? Um, I think we're going to have, like, from all the games we play this season, what is it, like, the extra the extra crispy? <laughs> mm-hmm. The absolute favorite character. And then I think we're going to have another surprise winner as well. I think maybe we should keep that bottled up until we get to the wrap-up, but... Mm-hmm. I just want to mention, um, between the two characters you chose... I feel like there's a connection between them, which is not only are they both animals, but they both just feel more authentic. I think Toad is just, he still has that, you know, innocence that comes with being a child where you don't know what to be except for your authentic self. Um, And then with Colin, like, he just doesn't give a shit. And so he's just going to be Colin. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes both of them so likable is they just say what they mean. They don't change what they're going to say based on who they're talking to. It's refreshing, especially in this game when so many people are lying or disguised as someone else or having affairs with prostitutes to look like someone else. So it makes sense why you picked them. This is it. This is the end of The Wolf Among Us. And I think like at the end of Yakuza 0, we're not going to tell you what's next, even though we'll probably post the gameplay before the episode for the next game. But we'll just play, uh, play some theme music from the next game. And we'll uh, we'll play you guys out, and we'll see you in the next game. Email us. Are we right or are we wrong? Tell us. We want to know. Take us out, Kathy. On one for a voice recorder. Three, two, one. <laughs>